not thinking above ourselves, not thinking below ourselves, but we're thinking, we're just thinking clearly with God about things. And number two, define it. Like define what is the error. And so God says to, it, God says to Joshua, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to go by tribe throughout the whole, throughout the whole nation. Why doesn't God just say, hey, Achan, Achan's the bad guy, go and deal with him, dig up the stuff. Because you know something, and it makes me think of Psalm 139 where, where David said, search me, O God, and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way that is in me. What is happening here is that the Spirit of God is going through the camp of Israel and he's speaking to Joshua and speaking to the people in Israel and saying to them, this is the problem here. This is the problem. And Joshua sent messengers. He finds out, they find out here in verse 19, um, this is the problem, this is the situation. And then, and then Joshua isolates it. So I think first of all, what we need to do is just define it, humble ourselves, define it, and then understand that this is not who we are. That we are not our sin. Romans chapter 7 verse 20, that we are not our sin, that we are, that we are now a new creation. Paul, Paul said in Romans 7, he said, he said, therefore I will serve the Lord God with my mind and with my flesh I'll serve the law of sin. Paul understood the difference between who he was in the flesh and who he is in Christ. And he began to isolate the, he began to isolate the error. And then, and then God leads Joshua to revenge the error. And so Joshua here is just, he's amazing. He, he finds Achan. Achan confesses to what happened. I, indeed, in verse 20, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel. This is what I did. And when I saw among the plundered goods of a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 shekels of silver, a gold bar weighing 50 shekels, I covered them, and so I took them, and they are hidden in the ground in my tent. The silver is underneath them. And so Joshua sends messengers. They run to the tent, and there it was hidden in the ground with the silver underneath. They took it from the tent, brought it to Joshua and all the children of Israel, and they spread it out before the Lord. I just love that we can spread things before the Lord and that we can just be honest. We just spread it before the Lord. This is the thing David said in Psalm 51, I don't hide my sin from you. There's no way to hide stuff from God because God already knows it. And I think if we can understand that we are in an environment of love and an environment of grace, that there's no condemnation, that we can come to God and say, God, this is what happens. This is it. And I think that if we don't understand that, then we're going to go either condemnation or we're going to go into denial. And we bring it before the Lord. We spread it before the Lord. And when they did this, it brought fear and respect to all of Israel for the Lord. And in verse 24 of chapter 7, Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his dent, and all he had, and brought them up to the valley of Achor. And then Joshua said, why have you brought trouble upon us? The Lord will trouble you today. And so all of Israel stones him. I know, I know this sounds like really, like wow, this is a great Sunday morning message. <laughs> very motivating. But it's very true that all of Israel gets to as a corporate body, as a, as a community, everyone begins to understand what this is and they all stone, they all stone these, this family. And they burned it, um, they burned them with fire and stoned them with the stones. And then they put over them a, a large pile of stone that is still there today. Here's the redemptive part. 
Achor here in the Old Testament is a word that means a place of trouble. When we fail, when we fall down, or if we find ourselves in unbelief, and we will, we're human beings. When we, when we discover that we're more broken than we thought, um, we find ourselves sometimes in a valley of Achor. And friends, family, especially if you're in a place of position or a place of respect, you may discover that the condemnation, all of the, all of the anger and everything is just kind of poured on you, the shame. And what happens is we discover that we're in a place called Achor. And as a, as a place of Israel, this is not a very glorious moment in Israel's history. They had this incredible win at Jericho and now they have this incredible embarrassing loss at Ai. And everything that's happening with Israel is just, it's full blood. The entire land of Canaan, all these 30, 31 kings that are, that, are, that are gonna be slain are all watching what's going on. And God doesn't leave Israel there in this place of to wallow in their failure in the place of brokenness where we would do that with people. We, in our culture, in our society, and this really hurts me every time I see this happen, is that when someone with a, that's in a, is a, an incredibly um, well-known high-profile figure in Christianity, they blow it. Unfortunately, so oftentimes we see the first people to report that information are other Christians. And when we find ourselves in this place of the Valley of Achor, we need to understand that God has a plan to bring them out. And Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, this beautiful promise that God gives in his book, Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, that the Valley of Achor will be a, a door of hope. I think that when we fail, it's not, fi it's not final. When we are in a place where we don't see a way out, it's not the end. It really could be just in many ways the beginning. Peter, in the midst of his failure, when he's left, he's walked away from Christ. He's, he's a three-year disciple. is now back in his old career um, fishing. And Jesus is standing on the beach. And he's, and he's got food for them. And, they, and he does this similar miracle to, to Peter. Peter recognizes Christ. And he comes back. And, Christ, and Peter comes back. And Jesus here is, what does Jesus do? Does he condemn Peter? No, he gives him a calling. It's a call right in the middle of his failure. I think that when you and I fail, we blow it, you know, and, and we think it's all over. Be looking for Christ because he's going to call you in that moment right out of that situation. Moses in the desert, defeated. 40 years by himself. Now he's got a wife who's a foreigner, not even Hebrew. And it's, it's really in a very, it's a very difficult place for Moses. And God calls Moses. He calls Moses out of, uh, through the burning bush. I just want to give you this hope that the plan of God is a plan of redemption. And we go through stuff in our lowest moments, our most difficult times, times when we're, we feel the, the, least, the least deserving is a moment where God will redeem that. Because God, God is a God of redemption. And in Ephesians chapter 1, to the praise of the glory of his grace, God gets a chance to reveal his grace. And that was what gives God the greatest, greatest glory. I want to say that you know, maybe you're here today, and I was thinking this morning of just, uh, you know, single people. You know, if you're single here today, and you're walking through fire, stuff's burning up around you. You have convictions about your purity. You have a conviction about your, the direction that you're going as a, as a, as a teenager, as a, as a single person. Um, you're walking through fire. Um, you're going to come out of it. And there's a future. And it's fire. And you're going to come out of the situation. 
You're going to be minus a few things, and that could be stuff that God wants to take out of your life. But you're going to have an addition of other stuff, which is gold, silver, precious stones, bronze. You're going to have stuff that you didn't have before. I think when we walk through the fire, we're not going to be burned. We're not going to be destroyed. We're like Rahab. There's a calling in our life. There's a covenant, and we're going to come through. And when we come through, there's a whole future that we would have never imagined, and that is Rahab with her family in Israel, and then Rahab becomes an ancestor to Christ himself. Isn't that amazing? He becomes, she becomes an ancestor to, to David and to, and to the line of, of Jesus Christ. What an amazing redemptive story. And so it's never, it's never ever, it's never the end. Take, let, let the moments of failure in your life, um, let God convert them to victory. Amen.